Hello, everyone. I wanted to start off by saying that organized crime, in terms of the neighborhood of Southwest DC that my um, Burra family grew up in, was so, um, at times, quite criminalistic to the point where my grandma, Clara, had to sometimes tell her children who like to play uh, basketball that they couldn't always play on the neighborhood court because it got quite dangerous, especially, you know, the 1980s when crack was plaguing that particular neighborhood and all, you know, inner city neighborhoods, to be quite frank. And there were times where they had to, for a few days, stay in the house until tempers had flared, you know, the shootings, the drug dealings, the, you know, physical violence of, you know, of criminals to to one another. And um, when the tempers had flared, she let them play on the basketball court again. And... Um, and I know it was frustrating for all of them. I know that for a fact. And times in that neighborhood, um, especially when one of my uncles got into a fight with Wayne Perry, um, the neighborhood, the whole neighborhood saw it. And I told that story earlier, his new detail. The whole neighborhood saw it and pretty much um, were thankful that Wayne Perry got knocked out by one of my uncles. And, you know, one of my uncles had a history of martial arts and he used it on Wayne Perry. Let's just say Wayne Perry had to rethink my uncle. Let's just put it that way. And... I think my I think my uncle and Perry about the same height, very tall, um, over six feet actually. And so that's what made me wanna talk a little more about what I experienced in organized crime against my will when I was five years old. It's only gonna be a little bit, you know. Now these are the last stories I can tell you because. There are no more stories for me to tell about organized crime after this because I'm telling them all until they're all out. So in organized crime, I was surrounded by women sex workers. Usually these women sex workers were referred to in ways that would be considered offensive to many of us modern people today. In organized crime, these women sex workers were called, in my presence at the age of five years old, prostitutes, harlots, strumpets, lewd women, whores, hoes, bods, B-A-W-D-S, streetwalkers, loose women, fallen women, courtesans, uh, ladies of the evenings, uh, hustlers, call girls, b girls, tramps, sluts, tarts, 
hookers. I hate to say it, they were called bitches and um and they were called um round the way girls the neighborhood girls uh I really hate saying these things um and they were also You know, they were just also called service chicks, too. I remember that one. They were called the service chicks. Um, and the services tended to were sexual. Um, I remember some older guys called them their concubines who were a part of their harems. I remember those words being used in organized crime, mostly by Italian mafia type criminals. Um... And these women sex workers who were called uh, prostitutes in that time, um, I spent the most time with them. In fact, I remember as a child that I was both pimped and prostituted at the age of five by um, madams. Um... by um, those in charge of prostitution houses. These madams were women which is a term for a woman who is engaged in the business of procuring um, sex workers that we call them today. Back then, they were called prostitutes, usually the manager of a brothel. And so when it came to what happened to me when I was five years old, um, I, as a five-year-old, I was exposed to procuring or pandering is the, felicita- the facilitation or provision of a sex worker back then called prostitute or other sex workers in the arrangement of sex acts with, with customers. That's what the madams did to me. A procurer called colloquially called a pimp if male or madam if female, though the term pimp has still existed been used for female procurers as well or a brothel keeper is an agent for sex workers back then called prostitutes who collects parts of their earnings. The procurer may receive this money 
in return for advertising services, physical protection for providing and possibly monopolizing a location where the sex workers, back then called prostitutes, may solicit clients like prostitution. The legality of certain actions of the madam or pimp vary from one region to the next. So these madams who made themselves my bosses, um, they collected part of quote-unquote God damn it, shit. My earnings. Uh, I had to say that real fast. Saying it normally was, it was beyond dreadful. So, yes, I remember being in brothels and the madams were the brothel keepers. They were the pimps. They were the madams. They were the procurers. And they were the ones pandering. Um, so the procuring, when it came to me as a child... Uh, there were adults who were deriving financial gain from the prostitution of me. Um, they would transport me to the location of these arrangements of prostitution. And they were operating their brothel business where the prostitution of me occurred. And they pretty... And they... They trafficked me into um, parts of the DMV, um, the American country, for the purposes of adults soliciting sex for me, which happened. Um, Wow, there's more to say about organized crime. I gotta get this off my chest, so... Okay, uh, when I say okay, I'm not okaying, you know, mistreatment. I'm really, really not. But, um, this is hard to say. But, um, I did witness this. Procuring can take abusive forms. Madam slash pimps may punish clients for physical abuse or failure to pay and enforce exclusive rights to quote-unquote turf where the quote-unquote prostitutes may advertise and operate with less competition. In many places where prostitution is outlawed, sex workers have decreased incentive to report abuse for fear of self-incrimination and increased motivation to seek any any physical protection from clients and law enforcement that a madam slash pimp might provide. I saw that in organized crime. I saw the madam slash pimp prostitute relationship is often understood to be abusive and possessive with the pimp slash madam using techniques such as physical, such as psychological intimidation, manipulation, starvation, rape, and slasher gang rape, beating, tattooing to mark the woman as quote-unquote theirs, confinement, threats of violence toward the victim's family, forced drug use, and ashamed from these acts. Recent empirical research of madam slash pimp suggested these assumptions about abusive relationships represent stereotypical oppression. Narratives that may only represent a small percentage of the relationships between madam slash pimps and sex workers. I saw that growing up in organized crime. Um, in the U.S., madam slash pimps can be arrested and charged with pandering or legally known as procurers. This combined with the tendency to identify pimping with African-American masculinity yeah there is um racism to organized crime 
um, may provide some of the explanation of why approximately three-fifths of all confirmed human traffickers in the United States are African-American men. As recently been argued that some of the extreme examples of violence cited in the article below come primarily from such stereotypes being supported by Hollywood screenwriter selective and decontextualized trial transcripts and studies that have only interviewed parties to sex, commerce, and institutions of rescue, prosecution, and punishment rather than engaging rigorous study in situ, S-I-T-U. I saw all that happening in organized uh, crime. A 2018 study by researchers from the University of Montreal divides the concept of a pimp into three distinct categories, low-profile, primarily female, hustlers, predominantly male and female, marking the common stereotype and abused, either male-female split, more likely to be subjected to violence and committed. I saw all that growing up in the world of organized crime. Trafficking people into countries for the purpose of soliciting sex, operating business where prostitution occurs, transporting prostitutes to the location of their arrangement, deriving financial gain from the prostitution of another. I saw that happening in the world of organized crime. Um, Some pimps tattoo prostitutes as a mark of ownership. The tattoo will often be the pimp street name, even his likeness. The mark might be as discreet as ankle tattoo or blatant as a neck tattoo or large scale front font across the prostitute's lower back, thigh, chest, or buttocks. I saw all that growing up in the world of organized crime. Here are all the other things I saw in the organized crime. Uh, pimping is sometimes operated like a business. The pimp may have a bottom girl who serves as office manager. I hate that women are called girls. By the way, girls are not women. Uh, keeping the pimp apprised of law enforcement activities, collecting money from the sex workers. Now, I'm saying the prostitutes because that's what they were called back then in the world of organized crime. We don't say that now. We say sex workers to be all-inclusive because prostitution is not the only sex work done. Um... So the pimp may have a bottom girl who serves as office manager, keeping the pimp apprised of law enforcement activity, collecting money from the prostitutes. Pimps recognize a hierarchy among themselves. In certain pimp strata, the least respect of newer pimps are the popcorn pimps and wannabes in quotations. Popcorn pimps was a phenomenon which occurred among adolescent cocaine users of both sexes who utilize children younger than themselves to support their habits. A pimp who uses violence and intimidation to... A pimp who uses prostitutes is called a gorilla pimp, while those who use psychological, trick psychological trickery to deceive younger prostitutes into becoming hookers to the system are called finesse pimps. In addition, a prostitute may bounce from pimp to pimp without paying the pimp-moving tax. I saw all these things occurring in the world of organized crime at the age of five. Some pimps in the United States are also documented gang members, which causes concerns for police agencies and jurisdictions where prostitution is a significant problem. Pimping rivals narcotic sales as a major source of funding for many gangs. Gangs need money to survive, and money equates to power and respect. While selling drugs may be lucrative for a gang, this activity often carries significant risk as stiff legal penalties and harsh mandatory minimum sentencing laws exist. However, with pimping, gang members still make money while the prostitutes themselves bear the majority of the risk. Pimping has several benefits. Oh my God, what the fuck? To the gang that the what the pimping has several benefits to the gang that the pimp belongs to. What the fuck? 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 These benefits include helping the gang 
gang recruit new members because the gang has women available for sex and the money brought in by prostitution allows gang members to buy cars, clothes, and weapons, all of which help to recruit younger members into the gang by increasing the reputation of the gang and the local gang subculture. The presence of gangs and weapons and drugs is a virtual guarantee when prostitutes are present, which is why many law enforcement agencies advocate taking aggressive stance against prostitutes. Many vice units work to ascertain if the prostitute they have arrested has a pimp, and if so, they pressure them to provide information about their gang and the gang involved. This information can then be used to go after the more serious and violent offenders. I saw all that occurring in the world of organized crime. Some pimp businesses have an internal structure built around violence for dealing with rule breakers. For example, some pimps have been known to employ a pimp stick, which is two cup hangers wrapped together in order to subdue unruly prostitutes. A variation is a pimp cane used for similar purposes. Although prostitutes can move between pimps, this movement sometimes leads to violence. For example, a prostitute could be punished for merely looking at another pimp. This is considered in some pimp merely used to be reckless eyeballing. Violence can also be used on customers. For example, the customer attempts to evade payment becomes unruly with a prostitute. I saw all these things happening in the world of organized crime. I also saw what is called drug pimping. Um, getting the prostitutes drunk, getting them high, uh, to keep them um, under the quote-unquote, ownership of the pimp. Or if they got too drunk or too high, violence would keep them from getting too drunk or too high if that ever happened, which didn't happen quite often, but there were times where it did, and I saw it. And um, then I remember some of these sex workers called prostitutes having babies by the pimps, the pimps, raps, and fathers, deadbeat dads, but, you know... Other men, sometimes other customers, raised the kids. Some of the kids turned out fine and were able to live, you know, materialistically successful, more importantly, morally successful lives. While the other uh, kids, you know, abuse and trauma all around happened to them by these some of these customers. And so some of these customers ended up serving time in jail. And, um... Some of them died in jail. I remember some of these customers, they found out these things happened to the children, you know, you know, the abuse and trauma, and those customers would just end up mysteriously shot dead on the streets. It was just that wild. And so I remember uh, being within... Um, these places that are called brothels, bordellos, ranches, or whorehouses, um, which is a place where people engage in sexual activity with people they call prostitutes. However, for legal or cultural reasons, establishments often describe themselves as massage parlors. I was in them at the age of five, organized crime. Bar, strip clubs, body rub, parlors, studios, or by some other description. I was also in these other places um, that I just said in the world of organized crime, sex work is a, in a brothel is considered safe in the street prostitution. So I was in these worlds when I was a child. And, um, so there was the, you know, sometimes the, you know, 
the customers and the prostitutes would get high or drunk together. So in the broth, in these brothels, um, I remember these um, sex workers. Um, most I I don't. Of course, the madam raped me the most and made money off of it. I was her personal. I had in this particular one, I had one madam that was her personal sex slave. So sometimes she felt like not making money off me when it came to what she would do to me other times. She felt like getting paid. I don't know why. Um, And I remember sometimes in these brothels, I noticed the presence of what is called drugs. And if you hear anything, that's me using the dictionary so I can give you more of a eloquent, not to be hard on myself, but more of an eloquent understanding of what I grew up with. This is my last, get, I'm getting all the crime stories out so I can move forward healthily in life even more. So in the world of organized crime, especially in these brothels, I saw drugs, potions, painkillers, smelting salts, powder, tonics, opiate, opiates, pills, heart drugs, designer drugs, uppers, downers, kinds of drugs, including the following in general. I So these are all the things I saw. So I saw caffeine, alcohol, adrenalines, amphetamines, nicotines, dope. Hallucinogens, marijuana, pot, grass, weed, peyotes, mescalines, psilocybins, delysergics, acid, diethylamide, LSD, acid, stimulants, cocaine, coke, snow, crack, um, benzodrine, bennies, pet pills, Dexedrine, Dexys, Methedrine, Meth, Speed, Ecstasy, Poppers, Narcotics, Opium, Morphine, Heroin, H, Horse, Junk, Smack, Codeine, Anathetized type of drugs, Desensitized type of drugs, and Dope type of drugs. And just medicine everywhere. People being hooked on it. So those are what I saw being sold and used in these brothels. And um, because I was known to sell drugs and run numbers and be a delivery, you know, be a delivery boy, bag man, you know, the numbers game, I made, I made more money than everybody else in these brothels. And there are sometimes I remember these sex workers called prostitutes would rate me for free, and they would rate me for pay just like my the madam did and um so also in the world of organized crime I have to get this off my chest 
And I don't mean to be comical. I'm just getting off my chest, getting off my chest, because it's so motherfucking painful. Um, again, if you're anything, that's my um, Webster's New World Dictionary the Source Second Edition. Second Edition being uh, the pages are turning. So, in that world of organized crime. I was exposed to crimes, just in general. When it came to organized crime, I was exposed to crimes, transgressions, misdemeanors, vices, outrages, wickedness, immoralities, infringements, depravity, evil behavior, wrongdoing, misconduct, corruption, delinquency, wrongs, trespasses, malfactions, derelictions, lawlessness, domestic violence, hate crimes, discrimination, harassment, arson, bigamy, polygamy, killings, forgery, atrocities, felonies, capital crimes, offenses, white-collar crimes, scandals, infractions, violations, mortal sins, homicides, voluntary manslaughter, voluntary manslaughter, simple assaults, aggravated assault, battery, larceny, robbery, burglary, holdup, kidnapping, swindling, fraud, defrauding, embezzlement, smuggling, extortion, bribery, mugging, date rape, statutory rape, attacks, Sexual molestation, breach of promise, malicious mischief, breach of the peace, libel, perjury, conspiracy, counterfeiting, inciting to revolt, sedition, mayhem, crime of passion, war crime, crime against humanity, corruption, evil, murder, rape, sin, theft, and treason. These are all things I witnessed in the world of organized crime. So in the world of organized crime, that I was exposed to criminals, lawbreakers, felons, Murderers, killers, rapists, perjurers, arsonists, muggers, disparados, thugs, gangsters, gang leaders, burglars, safe crackers, swindlers, clip artists, con artists, bullshit artists, Ponzi schemers, confidence men, con men, confidence women, con women, uh, thieves, bandits, second story men, second story women, cattle rustlers, horse thieves, car thieves, pickpocketers, uh, counterfeiters. Forgers, smugglers, extortionists, kidnappers, gunmen, gunwomen, trigger men, trigger women, accomplices, informers, stool pigeons, stoolies, squealers, cons, dope peddlers, and pushers. And what I was exposed to was unlawful, felonious, illegal, and bad because they were criminals. So in the world of organized crime. That's what I was made to see. And um, it is tough for me to be honest about it. And most of the sex, I mean, I would say the prostitutes, the sex workers, they were, they, some raped me for free and some were to rape me for free, rape me for money. While the rest were just, in their mind, you know, Antonio's our best friend, our homie. And some tried to play the mother figure roles on me. And now you understand why I'm healing my sense of family, friendships, personal relationships, and professional relationships. So I want to make it clear. Brothels are not bad. The organized crime ones are. Um, sex work is not bad, but the organized crime type of sex work is. 
Um, you know, bigamy, polygamy aren't bad. At the same time, organized crime type of brought organized crime type of bigamy and polygamy are. There's a difference between organized crime stories and the healthy types of everything. You know, organized crime, everything is bad. Um, So, you know, being in charge of a brothel, being in charge of prostitutes, collecting earnings, some earnings aren't bad, but done in an organized crime way, it's all bad. And so that's what I wanted to make clear. And yes, I did protect women who are prostitutes, sex workers, from unruly customers, unruly pimps. And um, some of the customers and pimps got killed because it was found out that they were being misogynistic and in the streets I was known for being a gentleman of chivalry so if you may if Antonio felt the need to physically rough you up beat you down to bloody pulp uh my 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 quote-unquote sympathizers I'm not glorifying any of this they did the killings of those customers and pimps. So the brothels had to understand, you better not be a violent pimp or violent customer. And if you're trying to drug up a prostitute or make her drunk just to control her, I was known for beating them down and they got killed by the sympathizers with guns. So it's understood, if you're going to include Antonio in something, don't disrespect a woman. Especially put your hands on her, call, you know, scream at her, raise your voice at her, cuss her out, call her all types of unholy names. Mm-mm. I wasn't having that. And um, I'm not glorifying any of this. I'm just doing this to get this all out because it's painful. So this is my last organized crime story of my life that I could talk about for sure. And... Um, You know, I think when it comes to, like, the children of, you know, some of the prostitutes, sex workers, you know, whether it's the pimps or the customers, some got along well with their parents, some didn't, you know. You had some Jerry Springer, Maury shit happening, and then in other instances with these other kids, you know, they were the American dream, and it was a loving family, depending on the parents. So, I... When it came to, like, you know, sex work, um, yeah, I was made to sell drugs and run numbers for these um, brothel places. And, um, you know, with the madam, because I made her the most money, she, you know, they, I, I hung out with all the sex workers in this one brothel, socially, going to all the social places, so... That's what I want to share. And I'm definitely complete. Um, And all I can say is, is that organized crime is bad when it comes to everything about it. So 
full decriminalization of sex work, I'm all in favor of. Full legalization of sex work, I'm all in favor of. You know, making bigamy, polygamy legal as long as LGBTQI plus non-binary genderless persons can participate in it. And if there's gender equality to it, you know, men and women, then I'm all in favor of that type of bigamy, polygamy. But all those things, comes to organized crime, it's all bad. But if those things, you know, there's a difference between the unethicalness and unethicalness, and I'm doing an excellent job describing the two, okay? So I want people to understand that. And I was made to hang out with all these people um, that were quite sickening to me, you know. And it's time for me to rest when it comes to the organized crime stories. Oh, I just figured out the best way for me to rest when it comes to organized crime. So did some people try to sexually assault the prostitutes, sex workers? Yeah. Um, sometimes the sexual violence, physical violence what happened so fast, wasn't always able to stop it. But did I find those guys later and beat them down to a bloody pulp and then the sympathizer would kill them? Sadly, those things happened. And... Was I able to, for the most part, prevent the sexual violence, physical, sexual violence, physical violence of these sex workers and prostitutes? Yes, because I had, um, I had the matrix, um, type of instant reflex skills. So now I'm going to officially have my mind, heart, body, soul, and memories at rest when it comes to the, my childhood organized crime. And yes, there were customers who sexually violated me as a part of the, you know, the brothel or something, you know, um, selling me to them in terms of, all right, you give Antonio sex and, you know, that's how we, you know, get the money. So it wasn't just the sex worker prostitutes who made money off raping me and, ha- you know, and raped me for free. It was mostly customers who were raping me and making money. And some of them were, who were really, really cool prop owners, very little of them raped me for free. So, my inner child and my outer adult are completely at rest when it comes to the organized crime part of my childhood that I'm re-experiencing as a healed person who heals every day as the healthy adult that I am, healing the healthy child within me. victim of sexual violence and physical violence, but I would defend myself when it came to the customer, so that's eventually the physical violence part stopped, but, you know, sexual violence kept happening, and, um, 
I did my best to defend myself from sexual violence, but as a five-year-old child. And this is what I'll say in the closing of all closings. The glorification of criminality is complete bullshit. And the glorification of evilness is completely shitty and completely fucked up. One more thing. I was victim. I was thrown into the world of child sex tourism. Child sex tourism is tourism for the purpose of engaging in the prostitution of children, which commercial, which is commercially facilitated child sexual abuse. So I was a victim of that. I was a victim of the commercial sexual exploitation of children, sexual slavery, the pedophiles of child molesters. They violated me. And um, sadly, I was a part of the child sex tourism, part of the multi, multi-billion dollar global sex tourism industry. So yes, I was forced to be a child prostitute, a child sex worker. I was forced into the world of child prostitution and child sex working. The definition of child in the United Nations Conventions on the Rights of the Child is every human being below the age of 18. And I say this in closing. I, I had to, I was forced to deal, I was forced to be sexually violated by child sex offenders in the world of child sex offense. Child sex tourism results in both mental and physical consequences for the exploited children, which may include sexually transmitted infections, including HIV, AIDS, drug addiction, pregnancy, malnutrition, social ostracism, and death, according to the State Department of the United States. I saw other kids within that world of child sex tourism deal with those consequences only had to deal with social ostracism and the possible death with some malnutrition.